Last night, many fathers here with their daughters, they were getting down with daddy-daughter dance in the Roby Hall. So the drummer should be tired. Jeff, yep, we saw you. Um, it was so sweet, wonderful, fun, um, and an honor to see. Um, it was a great free night for me and my oldest, so we got away. Um, but it was so wonderful to witness um, fathers coming in with their little ones, um, girls, and having a great time together. And for me, it's just a blessing to be part of a church that will invest in so many creative ways, um, non-threatening ways, but yet so meaningful to what it's like to be a family, to uh, shape the faith and the formation of young uh, children, specifically little girls, and to see how we embrace and we challenge fathers to be part of their lives. Um, I saw so many of you in tuxedos, and it was all in the Roby Hall. But yes, yes, you made your point. So way to go, dads, way to go, families, and way to go, Lisa Gonzalez and, and the volunteers and the teens, the DJ from Baby Shark doo -doo 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 -doo, to Ariana Grande. I mean, it was just some fun, fun time. So um, way to go, First Church. So today is the first Sunday of Lent, so it's considered a mini Easter. So we have started the Lent season 40 days, just... In case you're counting, you don't have to count the Sundays, but as of Ash Wednesday, there's 40 days that you are being encouraged, all of us, to explore deeper ways to grow your relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus himself took 40 days apart in the wilderness to see things in a different perspective, to be in communion with God Almighty, to prepare his soul for what was yet to come. And this morning, I want to um, encourage you to step into the practice of prayer. Perhaps for you is to start something different or maybe to go something uh, deeper or in a different angle. So John 17, John chapter 17 is 26 verses. Jesus, the entire chapter is Jesus praying on behalf of his disciples. If you were to look ahead, John 18 and on, you will learn how quickly after that, the process of how he's betrayed by one of his own, one of those that he was praying for in John chapter 17. So of course, we want to be more like Jesus, so may you be encouraged to step deeper in how you practice prayer. And this morning, we're going to discover through the lens of John 17, a few verses of that. I want to set it up with this quote. Santa Basil the Great once said, This is how you pray continually, not by offering prayer in words, and I'll add alone, but by joining yourself to God through your whole way of life so that your life becomes one continuous, uninterrupted prayer. And that goes hand in hand, I believe, in the way that Jesus exemplifies that in John 17. So Jesus prays and he joins himself 
intimately to God Almighty. And his words, I hope you can see this, will match his works. I will start with verse 9, John 17. Because of time, I encourage you to read the entire chapter. It's only 26 verses. So for this morning, I'm going to do a little bit from the beginning, then I'll jump to the middle, and then I'll finish um, reading verses 25 to 26, trying to capture the essence of the entire chapter. I am asking, this is Jesus speaking, I am asking on their behalf, the their is the disciples. I am asking on their behalf, I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those God who you gave me, because they're yours. Sanctify them in truth, set them apart, anoint them, bless them, in other words. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I ask not only on behalf of these disciples, but, this is the second part of it, but I also ask on behalf of those who will believe in me eventually through their work and through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Righteous Father, he begins to conclude, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these disciples know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You saw a lot of the pronouns, right? I, you, me, they. So study that. Make sure that you start seeing the emphasis. It's, it's calculated. The emphasis in unity. The power of prayer, first of three themes I want to discuss today. The power of prayer comes to life or is manifested when the prayer is an act of unity. The purpose is to be joined to God so that we're one with God. When a prayer sounds more like a one-way conversation and most of the speaking is done by me, be careful that the motivation is primarily to be heard. Primarily, we are to be heard, but be careful that our primary goal to prayer is to be heard. When most of my prayer sounds more like my voice is the one speaking, we are encouraged to join God in prayer. So there is a need to listen deeply. Yes, that's unity. 
If we can confess that we need to be more like God, we need to speak less and hear more of and from God. I want to share with you something that I believe First Church does well. This is last week's prayer request. So some of these are confidential. That is why these are sent to a team that have committed to be part of the prayer team or prayer warriors. So, so many times you take the time and you write on that card in the bulletin. And we read through these and usually it's at least three pages and it's small print. And most of the prayer concerns and joys here have a lot of commas. There's a lot going on. And there's prayers for, from the homeless to the military to names specifically, to the joys, to the mourning, to the loss, to, to a professional need. There's so much life documented here, week after week. So many times I see how you are praying for others by name. Three pages just last Sunday. To then imagine the one before, which is February 18th, four pages. And as you can imagine, they were not all answered on Monday. So we have to keep adding to it, correct? We are praying for one another. Because there is power in prayer, and it is meant to also bring us together. So unity is part of prayer. The second theme that this text brings to life is that the meaning and the power of prayer shows up when we are interceding for others in love. When we are interceding for others in love, compassionately, about other people. Jesus intervened for his disciples. Why? Because he loved them deeply. When we pray for others, we're intervening in order to bring about reconciliation. Reconciliation, if it's a matter of the heart, if there's something going on. Maybe restoration of the body, if it's about illnesses. But at the end of the day, we're intervening for someone because we're trying to bring back to what is whole, to newness. And it's included to the need for reconciliation. Reconciliation of love. The, great, the greatest two commandments are what? Love God is first. And then what's the next one? Love thy neighbor. That's the motivation for our prayers to intercede for others from beginning to end. What linked the disciples and Jesus together? Was it the holiness? Not really. Jesus was perfectly holy. The disciples very far from holy and perfect. So was that the common ground that they had? No. They had a higher common ground that linked them above and beyond their differences, and that is or was love. What linked them together is a higher common ground. So there's got to be, for today then, there's just got to be a higher common ground among us. Beyond the issues, beyond the different personalities and perspectives and styles and customs and race, if God did dictates that nothing 
can separate us from the love of Christ who isn't imperfect like us. Brothers and sisters and friends, why then do we succumb to the temptation of being separated of one another by differences? How do you determine the higher common ground in your family and friendships? Simple example for me. In my household, the concept of teamwork is a foundational value. For us, teamwork stems and shows love. I have young children, I have a very small one, and a young teenager. And everyone can work, we believe, to strengthen the team. And our team, in particular, is called the Lopez family. So for us, the principle of teamwork is to be shown, and here's the deep one, are you ready? On Saturday morning, doing chores. Yes! It's in my season. I know, I got little ones. But the concept of teamwork for us is that we're all in this together. And for me to understand love, it's not just word, it's pick up the laundry and help me out. And that's my first step, and I know it's going to evolve, but the principle behind it all is that we want to learn what it's like to be one in the body of Christ. So what is your higher common ground in your household? What speaks to what really is deep-rooted, non-negotiable foundational values in your house? And is it a battle in my house pretty much every Saturday morning? But I know they'll remember it. They will. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs> what keeps us together is the link. And it's not the difference, it's the love. No discord, no division, nor death stops that link of love. That is why when we face the death of someone we love, we hurt so much because we don't stop loving them. We can be far, far from one another. We can't stop loving. That's how powerful love is. For those who live according to the flesh, to the temporary differences, and finite, in other words, and set their minds on the things of the flesh, perish. But those who live according to the Spirit, capital S, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. This is Romans chapter 8 and a few verses, leading up to one of my favorite and quite common or known verses, Romans 8.38. You ready? For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing. Did you hear that whole list? Nothing. And that text is such a relief for me because I'm reminded and I'm well aware of my imperfections. So when I hear or I read 
And more importantly, I believe that God will not separate himself from me. It gives me relief. Yes? Okay. It's an answered prayer indeed. But then, if death cannot separate us from God, as God has declared, why then are we so separated by political parties? It's almost like I prayed extra today by saying the words. I'm going to say it. Forgive me. Yes? Democrats and Republicans. It's election year, so here we go. And then, just in case you haven't heard, churches are going through a little bit of turmoil. So tradition, progressive, separated to the point that we cannot link in love. So I take that verse, 838, and I'm relieved by what it can do for me. But here's the step deeper into prayer life. How can we unite in love, address differences, make whatever distinctions we have to make, but love one another so that Jesus' prayer for us modern disciples today, so that the world can see through us who has sent us to do the work of Jesus Christ right now in 2020. Yes? In Coral Springs. To pray like Jesus prayed for his friends is intervening, is mediating, is being motivated by deep-rooted love. And the third and final theme of prayer, the power and the meaning of prayer includes accountability. A life of prayer exhibits accountability. The story of salvation is first and foremost about God's grace. Through Jesus Christ, we're mediated. There's a reconciliation. We're forgiven. By grace alone, we are justified. Therefore, our life's response is of gratitude, particularly how we exhibit love in all of our relationships. Grace upon grace. A disciple is a lifelong apprentice of Christ. Students, that doesn't mean that we come to sit at a desk that I will call the pew or the chairs. And you receive a lesson and you file it until next week's lesson. You are to receive the lesson and then press send and go and live it out. We have a responsibility to grow up and to grow deeper. Our story, then, is about faith and action and maturity. And the extent to which the church is able to engage in this kind of mutual support and accountability, this is going to determine how effective we're going to do ministry together, how we're going to saturate the community of Coral Springs and bring them to Christ. Question, are we the gateway or are we gatekeepers of salvation? 
Our identity as a disciple of Jesus who prays for others is not done in a vacuum. Our prayers and actions do affect everyone else. Accountability. The community's oneness will complete God's work. And as Christians, we have the responsibility to make visible and tangible the love of God. How are you making visible and tangible the love of God starting in your home but not exclusively in your household? How are you going beyond that to your place of work and everywhere we go? Jesus prayed for his disciples and then when he left he said, I leave you the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, for us not to be alone. So, do we believe that this text is to be lived out today? He has sent us so that we can pray in unity, interceding for reconciliation, and because we have the responsibility to be held accountable to the Lord Jesus Christ. What is your higher common ground in your home? Can you articulate that? Can you have a family meeting? I don't know if you guys do those. We do those. Family meeting time. It's time to disclose to one another what is your higher common ground so that you can make a commitment, a lifelong commitment. As you come to receive communion, if you are in a place in your spiritual walk, that you need to release and simply disclose what's inside of you in your soul. Amen. If that's where you are, may the Lord work in you. That's one. If you have done that, you know how to do that. It comes easy to you. How can you take that to the next step? And how can you intervene for others in love? Next step, how can you pray in the way that you will hold yourself accountable to be part of the spreading the gospel of love and be an example of what it's like to go above differences and do whatever it takes to come back together because nothing can separate us from the what of Jesus Christ? from the love of Jesus Christ, and I will add, from the unshakable, unmovable faith in Jesus Christ.